Well, in the year 1879, the famous inventor Thomas Edison was working on a revolutionary new product. It was, of course, the electric light bulb. It took a whole team 24 straight hours just to put the first prototype light bulb together. Now, the story goes that when Edison finally finished his uh, very first electric light bulb, uh, ready to test, he gave it to a young helper, a young boy, and it was the task of this young boy to carry this precious prototype up the stairs. And so you can imagine how nervous this young boy was. Uh, here in his hands was the very first electric light bulb. Uh, so he cautiously watches his hands, watches his steps as he moves gingerly up those stairs. But as the story goes, and you can probably guess it by now, this poor young boy, as he nervously carries up the stairs, he almost makes it to the top, but then right at the top, he stumbles, trips, and out comes the light bulb. Crash. The first prototype is destroyed. You can imagine the horror as he's uh, destroyed the very, very first electric light bulb prototype. Now, Thomas Edison um, is unperturbed. He goes back to work on the second prototype, a replacement, and it takes, again, him and his team 24 straight hours just to put this next electric light bulb prototype together. Uh, and at the end of that, he again needs someone to carry it up the stairs for testing. But guess who Thomas Edison gives that light bulb to, to carry it up the stairs? That's right, he gave it back to that young boy who dropped it in the first place. Talk about giving someone a second chance, right? Now, whether that story is true or, or just an urban legend, I don't really know. But what I do know is that well, we, we love stories like that, don't we? Uh, we, really, we love stories and movies and books that are all about giving someone that second chance. And we resonate with that because, let's, let's admit it, we've all failed in lots and lots of ways, haven't we? In the past, we've failed our parents, we've failed our expectations and theirs, we've failed our own hopes and dreams, we may have failed our spouses countless times, our kids even. We've certainly failed ourselves and we've definitely have all failed God. And so more than anything else, we want to be able to just get another chance to be able to say, I might have fallen and I might have fallen hard, but give me another shot so that I can try again and do better next time. You know what I'm talking about, right? We all want second chances. Well, here's the thing. This is what uh, this last chapter in the biography of John, John's gospel is all about. And it's so great, isn't it? Uh, we close off, we've actually been in the biography of John for uh, months now. We started last year, we're finishing this year um, over Easter, and now we're in the final chapter. But this final chapter of John is so great is because it's all about the Lord Jesus who gives second chances. And of course, what I'm talking about and we've just read it, isn't it? Have Didn't we? Is about how Peter, the chief disciple of Jesus, in this chapter gets his second chance. Because let's remember what happened over the, the Easter weekend, the first Easter weekend, the Friday uh, on the night that his master and friend was betrayed and crucified. Peter, of course, was one of the few who actually followed Jesus. But then when it came to the crunch, He's asked, do you know this man, this man who's about to be tried and crucified? And, and what, what does Peter do? He denies that he even knew Jesus. And he doesn't do it just once or twice. He does it three times. That was in John chapter 18. 
Now, the other gospel writers, the other biographers of Jesus um, record for us that when the rooster crowed in the morning, it dawned on Peter just what he had done and that he went out, says one gospel writer, he went out and he wept bitterly. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how bitter that weeping might have been? Because here is Peter, Jesus' chief disciple, and he had failed. And he had failed miserably. And now his Lord was dead and he didn't even get a chance to say sorry. But then, of course, three days later, on the first Easter Sunday, Jesus rises and he appears again. Can you imagine then how Peter would have felt? The Lord's alive, just like he said. And if death isn't the end for Jesus, then maybe, just maybe, he'd get a second chance. Maybe now Peter would also get a second chance to make things better again. Maybe he could now say the sorries that he didn't get to say the first time. You see, Peter would have desperately needed, wanted that second chance. And you know what? That's exactly what he got. And so here it is, if Peter, even Peter, the great denier of Jesus, if he got his second chance, then, then can you see how this is relevant to us? If even he got a second chance, then there's no doubt that you and I can also have our second chances as well. No matter what your regrets, no matter what you've done, if Peter can get a second chance, then so can we. And this is why this last chapter of John is so great. Uh, why don't you pray with me and then we're going to open the Bible and have a look at this account that we just read in a little bit more detail. Let's pray. Father God, as we come face to face with the Lord Jesus in this last chapter of this wonderful biography, help us see that what he does for Peter, he will also do for us. So Lord Jesus, come and speak to us afresh by your word and through your Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you can uh, keep your Bibles open at uh, John chapter 21. Uh, remember what we just read? I mean, here's the scene, right? Peter uh, and his friends, well, what are they doing? They've gone back to fishing. That, 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 that was their job before Jesus called them to be his disciples. And it seems that even after Jesus rose from the dead, they're, they're maybe a little bit of a, a, at a loss of what to do now. So here's Peter and he's gone back to his old job, his old life. But of course, Jesus had other plans. And so what happens in the story is, is as they spend all night fishing, but they catch absolutely nothing. Then in the morning, as they're about to call it a night, Jesus appears, but he's, he's there on the shore and he's far away. So they don't immediately know it's him, but he tells them, yells it to them, hey, throw your nets down and have another go at the other side of the boat. Now they do that. And when they do that, of course, the catch is so great that the nets are just barely able to hold all of the fish. And then, of course, one of them, the writer of this biography, John, he recognizes it's Jesus. I mean, who else could do such an incredible miracle, had such amazing insight? And then Peter, as soon as he hears, hey, that's the risen Jesus. Well, what does he do? Well, he, he's the first to jump off the boat, run to his master. His heart must have been leaping out of his chest at all the things he wanted to say to Jesus. Perhaps, he's thinking, perhaps this is my second chance. And then, of course, he goes and they go and sit around a fire and have breakfast. But you'll notice, as we read earlier, it's not Peter 
who had so many things to want to say to Jesus. It's not he who starts the conversation, is it? Jesus actually initiates the conversation. And really, that's how the rest of the chapter goes. It's, it's a dialogue between Peter and Jesus, having this long conversation all the way from, uh, from, from sentence number, verse number 14, all the way to the end. Okay, that's the scene. That's basically what we read earlier. That's basically what happens. Now, here is where if we're not careful, we're going to miss all the really, really good bits. Because I want to say that this chapter is full of little hints that Peter is getting precisely the second chance that he so desperately wanted and needed. Uh, You see, there's actually so many uh, times in this chapter that we get a sense of deja vu. You know what a deja vu is, don't you? you? When you're doing something, thinking, saying something, and you think... I've been here before. This has happened before. It, it, it triggers something of, of, of the past. That's like a deja vu. And I want to notice, I want us to notice here in this chapter and the bits that we just read, there's at least five deja vus, five uh, flashbacks to former episodes that hint strongly that this is set up, this chapter set up as a second chance. All right, so let's go. Five of them. Firstly, the fishing. I already mentioned that Peter and his friends were what? They were fishermen before Jesus called them. Now, do you remember when Jesus did tell them to follow him right at the beginning and he tells them to leave their fishing nets to follow him? Do you remember what he says to them? What's the kind of pitch that he pitches to them or why they should follow him? He remember he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of people. All right, I will, I, will, I will make you fishers of people. You will fish for people. So you see here, when Jesus tells them to drop their nets on the other side and they catch over 150 fish, it's more than just fishing, isn't it? It's more than just a miraculous catch. It's, it's symbolic. Jesus is kind of telling them again, hey, now that I'm risen, come and follow me again. And I will again call you to be fishing for people. And you will catch so many that your nets will barely be able to contain and hold them all. Right? That's the symbol of the fish. But that's also the first deja vu, the fishing. Well, second deja vu. It's breakfast time, they sit around a fire. Now, that doesn't sound so important, does it? But it's actually such an interesting little detail. Because here's the thing. The only other time in John's gospel where people sit around a fire was in chapter 18. Chapter 18, that's, well, that's the night that Peter denied Jesus three times. Because where was he standing that night when he denied Jesus three times? You guessed it. He is warming himself by a fire, John tells us, in the high priest's courtyard. While Jesus is being put on trial inside, he's outside warming himself, but denying Jesus as he's asked three times, do you know him? That was the fire back in chapter 18. Well, here they are again. And it's, it's, it's a little fire again. It's as if in the same setting, Peter is getting that second chance with Jesus. But this time, he's going to do something radically different. He's not going to deny Jesus, is he? He's going to get a chance to confess Jesus. We'll come to that in a moment. But thirdly, and more obviously, Jesus uh, at breakfast time, he's distributing bread and fish. All right? he, he was responsible for their miraculous catch. Notice he's still serving them. He's feeding them. But what is he feeding them with? With bread and fish. Bread and fish. That, that sounds familiar too, doesn't it? 
Well, of course it does, because back in John chapter 6, Jesus fed the 5,000 with bread and fish. Deja vu. And so here, I think we've got in John chapter 21, um, again, this, this harking back to something former that he did. He's once again taking the role of being the bread of life, because that's what he talks about in John chapter 6, that he is symbolically the bread of life. Only now, of course, his disciples are going to play a key role because they're going to be themselves fishing for people. They're going to be distributing the bread of life to the world. That was number three. Uh, Number four, deja vu. Uh, Jesus asks Peter the same question. I mean, did you find that strange? Have a look with me again at, uh, at verse 15. Verse 15. When they had finished eating... Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, Do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Yeah, that was verses 15 to 17. Now, that is kind of odd, isn't it? Uh, Why is Jesus doing that? Why is he asking the same question again and again? Well, I hope you can see the parallel, can't you? I hope you can guess why. Because he doesn't just ask once or twice. There's a series of three here as well. Jesus asks Peter the same question three times. And of course, that is significant because how many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. And so you see, this is a massive deja vu, isn't it? Peter is now getting his second chance to affirm Jesus three times. What he had failed to do three times previously, he now is getting a chance, a second chance to do successfully three times. That's the fourth deja vu. And of course, fifthly and finally, uh, Jesus tells Peter in, in verse 19, as well as verse 22, he says, follow me. All right? As if it couldn't be... More obvious, Peter is now given his second chance at doing what he had failed to do so dismally in that courtyard by the fire three chapters ago. Jesus is offering him that second chance, that fresh start. Follow me. This is Peter's second chance. Now, I want you to notice this though, because follow Jesus, he will. Did you remember what we read in verse 18? Have a look at verse 18. Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, When you were young, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. History tells us that 30 years later under Emperor Nero, Peter was arrested. He was sentenced to death. And of all kinds of death, he's also sentenced to death by crucifixion, just like his Lord and Master Jesus. You see, that's what following Jesus would actually eventually mean for Peter. Just like his Lord, he would go all the way in following Jesus to his own cross. 
but put it together, I hope you see where I'm getting at, that this whole chapter, as I said again, five times at least, deliberately reads like a, a deja vu, a flashback. Peter's been giving, given the second chance that he so desperately needed. And I, and I want to say to us, I want to say to you, isn't that a great thing? I mean, isn't that great that our Lord Jesus is the God of second chances? Because we all need it, don't we? We all need second chances so desperately. Let's think about it. We've all failed God, haven't we? Every single one of us, every single one of you. He created us. He loves us. He gave us life and everything we have. And if you're a follower of Jesus, then he has not only created you, he saved you. He's called you to a new life, an abundant and beautiful life with his own Holy Spirit, his presence in you. And yet, as a follower of Jesus, I know I screw up all the time and do it regularly. And so do you. Every time you sin, every time you ignore Him, every time we fail to give thanks to Him or trust Him, every time we want to do what we want instead of doing what He wants, we are telling God, our Savior, to basically butt out of our lives. We, in our own way, deny Him. Well, you'll be so glad to know that Jesus is all about second chances. You know, John 3.16, the famous verse, God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. You know what it says the verse after? He says, God didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. You see, He sent Jesus into the world to save the world, to die for us in our place, for our sins, on the cross, the first Good Friday, but also to rise again for us, the first Easter Sunday. And He did all of that, not to condemn the world. Why did He do it? To give you and me, to give the world the second chance that we so desperately need. And more than that, remember that Jesus, by His death, brings us into intimate relationship with God the Father. Jesus actually says to us in John 16, 27, don't turn to it, but He says, The Father Himself, God the Father Himself, loves you. And do you see, God the Father loves us as followers of Jesus, loves us as much as He loves His only Son, Jesus. That we're God's children. God's Spirit actually lives in us. And so, you, you, you know what? Forget about just second chances, alright? God, if He is your Father, He gives you not just second chances, but infinite chances. Because that's what good fathers do, right? There's never an end to their love. So I, and let me ask you, have you failed as a follower of Jesus? Do you sometimes feel like your sin just keeps catching up with you and you keep losing those battles against lust or porn or whatever the temptation is that you keep falling into? Anger, maybe jealousy, gossip, failing to trust God. You keep stuffing up. Well, here it is. If Jesus is your Lord and God is your Father, then don't be afraid. He is the God of second chances and third chances and fourth and fifth and sixth and infinite chances. Jesus died for you. His finished work on the cross for you means that you don't ever have to be afraid to come back to Him again and again and again for forgiveness and a fresh start. Now, this is so radically different to our doggy dog world, isn't it? 
I mean, year 12s doing their HSC, they're given the impression that, well, you only have one shot at it. Right? 12 years of school, it all comes down to one set of exams. Don't stuff up in October because there's no more chances. That's the impression you get. Of course, it's not true, but that's the impression you get. And of course, if you're applying for a job, you feel like you have one shot, don't you? That one interview of impressing your employers or you don't get the job. Competition is fierce. Or maybe you're managing a project or a big account at work and it's also do or die. Right? That's, that's pretty much how our world goes. That's how we're brought up. That's how we're raised. Opportunities are limited. Errors are not tolerated. Failure is not an option. But you know what? That is not the way it is with God. The God of second chances. He is not your examiner. He's not your prospective employer. Your life doesn't depend on one set of exams, your job performance. With God, you have permission to fail and try again. To fail and try again. To fail and try again. And all through it all, God will not stop loving you or accepting you because you fail. So please remember that. When you feel as if your life depends on that one shot, remember that God loves you in spite of every failure. So let me ask you, in your life then, what are you going to put your confidence in? Are you going to put your confidence in your education, in your position in the corporate world, in your material wealth or finances, in your portfolios, in your success, in your approval, in the eyes of others? I'm sure you're, you, like me, have thought that perhaps What's happening with uh, the coronavirus pandemic, horrible as it is, is that it is, amongst other things, this big wake-up call, isn't it, to our generation, our time. It's, it's a second chance of some sort. Because with every week that passes, what happens? More and more of our safety nets, our securities are ripped away, right? We're really having to consider, well, what is it that we really can have confidence in? What really can we have put our trust in? Because when jobs and money and education, and health, and friends, and family, when all of these things are suddenly stripped away, ripped away from under us, what do we have left? What do we now put our confidence in? Have you thought that maybe this is a wake-up call for our time? And maybe this is our second chance to find something better and firmer to put our confidence in. Well, friends, if you hear Jesus speaking to you today, giving you that second chance, challenging you to place your confidence in God, in God, your Father, who loves you enough to give you infinite chances through Jesus, because you mean that much to Him. If you hear Him speak to you today, don't ignore His voice. Turn back to Him. Connect with Him. Or perhaps reconnect with him. Because here's the thing, like he was to Peter, so he can be to you and to me. He is the God of second chances. Jesus, you see, will never stop loving you. Jesus will never stop accepting you. Jesus will never hold your failures against you. Because guess what? He already died for them. And he's risen again. You know, I didn't finish telling the full story about the Apostle Peter. I told you that he died by crucifixion. I didn't tell you how, you see. When it came to the place where Peter was about to himself be nailed and crucified, do you know what he requested? He had a, a very strange request. 
he asked his executioners whether they could crucify him upside down. All right, upside down, as if um, being right side up wasn't painful enough. Peter asked to be nailed to a cross to be executed upside down. Now, why did he ask for that? Well, it's because as he looks back on his life, he realizes, you know, he's not worthy to die the same death as his Lord. The Lord whom he had denied all those years ago, but gave him a second chance. And so now his chance to follow his Lord to the cross, he wanted to make a statement. He wanted to do it differently. And so he asked to be crucified upside down. But that's what second chances does to a person, isn't it? When they're given a chance to start again, when they're given a chance to be in relationship with Jesus, when you know how great and satisfying that is, and how this second chance is actually a shot at infinite chances, a shot at unconditional and infinite love, because that's what Jesus brings us. When you realize that, when you understand that, do you know what? It makes you do crazy things. It makes you crazy enough to live and to die for Jesus. That's what it meant for Peter. And that's what it ought to mean for you and me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you give us not just a second chance, but through your death and resurrection, bringing us into relationship with God the Father, you give us infinite chances. I want to pray for those right now whose hearts are feeling the Holy Spirit tug at them to connect with you, to be given that second chance. Father, help them today to respond. For those who need to reconnect, recommit, rededicate, Lord, help them not to pass this up. To say, Jesus, I also want a second chance with you. Thank you that you died and rose again so that we could have the second chance we so desperately need. Amen. Well, I don't uh, want us to just leave without thinking and chatting more about it um, at SWEC. Uh, our services are designed uh, most weeks not just to be a live stream. You can just watch and go away. Um, we're designed to do this in small Zoom groups. So uh, if you are in a Zoom group, um, then here's a discussion question that I want you to have a think about and chat about uh, over the next five or ten minutes, uh, maybe in even smaller breakout groups. The discussion question is this. Uh, in what area of your life do you feel that Jesus is giving you a second chance? Right, in what area of your life right now do you feel like Jesus is saying, here's your second chance, do something with that? In other words, is there something that maybe you need to be repenting of? Is there an area of your life that you think, no, I need to make that rededication, recommitment to Jesus and he's calling me to that, right? Is there an area of your life that Jesus is right now giving you a second chance? Why don't you talk about that for a, for a bit and pray for each other as well? All right, thanks. God bless you. I'll see you again soon.